This is the Detroit is Different Podcast Network, the culture of an American classic city. If you visit Detroit, if you are from Detroit, or if you live in Detroit, you never knew all this culture was alive and thriving here. This is the Detroit is Different Festival. October 24th through October 27th, join us at the inaugural Detroit is Different Festival at the Andy Arts, 3000 Finkel Avenue, Detroit, Michigan, 48238. Visit www.detroitisdifferent.com different.com and get your tickets today. Peace, everyone. Uh, this is your girl, Audra, and you are listening to Community, where we talk about unique pathways and one common goal. And anybody that's been following this journey, you know what I'm going to say next. I am over the moon excited to have these two, this magnificent pair, uh, with me today. So, young man and young lady, if you'd be so kind as to introduce yourself to the community audience... Yes, I'm Steph from Steph and Ty, um, Stephanie Dickey. Okay. And I'm Ty, Tyrone Dickey of Steph and Ty. Okay. And you guys, I'm, I'm just a fan. I'm a fan out for a minute. I'm just a fan of your work. You guys are just amazing, and we're going to get into it, and I'm going to let you guys tell the world, you know, what you guys do. Uh, but I always ask the same questions to all of my guests. So, Steph and Ty, how do we meet? Uh, well, I was following you on Facebook, mm-hmm. especially when you first started doing stuff with the tires, mm-hmm. because um, coming from Baltimore, where we used to live, there was a lot next to us where people dumped all their tires. And so anytime, you know, and, and I had this whole elaborate plan with the trash collection thing, trying to sneak it in with the trash so mm-hmm. I could get the tires out of the <laughs> <laughs> Okay. And making flower pots out of them and doing different stuff, trying to make this pile of tires go away. (laughs) So when I saw you doing that, I was like, yes, someone else Mm -hmm. feels my pain. (laughs) (laughs) So we're we're kindred spirits in that regard. Yeah. So, but I didn't think we really met in person until Ellen's opening, right? So, so that's been so not I came that long to, ago. So yeah. it was a little bit before Ellen's opening because I came to the store and I had inboxed you and I said, could you use this stuff? And then I came down and I saw you and that's when I got my camel. Oh, yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah. true. That's yeah. true. Yes, yeah. yes, that's right. You're absolutely right. Yeah. And, and Ty, we haven't had the opportunity, um, you know, you... You like some of my comments that I make about, you know, what you guys do, uh, but we've never met in person. So today is the first time. Yeah. Yeah. First time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. First time. So um, this next question, you guys, um, is, you know, the name of the show is Community. And so I like to ask my, my guests, um, what does community mean to you? Stuff? Um, well, I'm, uh, I feel that it's very important to... Um, have a, a group of people that you can connect with that you uh, and I and I feel a certain responsibility to give back to the area that I'm 
in. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been here in Detroit for 10 years, um, mm-hmm. and we've been involved in pretty much every community that we've lived in. Mm-hmm. Um, and part, and actually part of the reason why we moved to Detroit was to become involved in this particular community mm-hmm. because we had been seeing what had happened with gentrification in D.C. and gentrification in Brooklyn, mm-hmm. and we knew what was coming, mm-hmm. and we were like, you know, this is a this is a city of of eighty percent black population, mm-hmm. and you know, we want to go and support them to you know kind of help maintain what little part we can maintain because you know, as one person, you do what you can do right. with what you're given mm-hmm. in the space that you're in, mm-hmm. you know, and so um, I think that's that's. Uh, very important. I think it's important to pass on what you learn. Mm-hmm. You know, I, that's how I learned to do what I do. Mm-hmm. You know, I was I was fortunate that I lived with my great grandmother and she passed it on to me. But she also passed things on to three generations of women in her family. Wow. So you know, I've been. I feel I've been blessed in that respect. And mm-hmm. so I try to pass on to other people's children and to my own children. I did. You know, teach my sons how to sew. That's mm-hmm. not what they do. Mm-hmm. But if you put them in a in a room and say you can't get out unless you make something, <laughs> they, they, they can do sew. it. They okay. can, they will sew if they have to. <laughs> but but I also feel that it's it's good to you know. There's been other young people in the community that um, have shown interest in what I do. Mm-hmm. And I've taught some sewing classes and I've had interns that come from different schools and you know they get to have the experience of working in that creative environment. Yeah, and it's really it's it's a it's a lost art. And I'm grateful for you to be able to continue to cultivate that that in our community and in young people. Right, right. Yeah. And and then part of and part of my mission too is, um, it, because I work mostly in recycled textiles. Mm-hmm. You know, I try to give back in that respect by mm-hmm. not adding, you know, or or keeping my um my waste to a minimum. Mm-hmm. And um and uh, not you know adding to the problem that we have with textile waste because textile waste is a is a major major issue yes in this country and mm-hmm. and pretty much all over actually mm-hmm. um but um because of that I try to work with things that are already out there mm-hmm. and not go and buy new goods unless right. I absolutely have to mm-hmm. you know and then I save my wet my scraps and pass them on to quilters and mm-hmm. doll makers and you know I just send a box full of scraps to a middle school in Houston. Wow. For their theater group. Nice. You know, because she's teaching the kids to sew, mm-hmm. you know, so they can make their own costumes. And so this gives them something that they can practice with. So I think community spreads to whoever you come in contact with. It's not always just about the people on your block. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes it's about, you know, whoever it is that is, is in your your circle of creative, you know, friends or, right. you know, your that the community at large. Right. Mm-hmm. So, Ty, you have anything to add as far as what community means to you? Uh, you know, I think Steph said it well. Um, you know, it's it. You know, it's definitely. Um, yeah, it, yeah, I think Steph said it well. <laughs> I mean, okay. it, 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 it's nothing that I can really. I mean, for you know, for me, I mean, for, you know, both of us are kind of. You know, pretty much on the same journey. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for me, in terms of community, you know, it's just um, you know about literally just giving or spreading the love, yeah, so to speak, yeah. to the next ones, yeah. or you know, um, or as Steph say, you know, giving the next people a hand. Mm-hmm. You know, um, that doesn't necessarily or may not. 
even know that they have it in them to even move forward, mm-hmm. um, uh, which is um, kind of like, um, yeah, kind of like it. Because, you, know, you know, I'm just reflecting on what Steph is saying, mm-hmm. and, it, and it's uh, so true. Yeah, yeah. And I think also Ty's been really good at showing people an example of what, um, in, in particular, an, an African-American man can do. Yeah. Because a lot of times the young people really don't see black men in the community mm-hmm. running businesses and doing stuff mm-hmm. like they used to, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's not as many examples out there for them, right. you know. And so that's been something that even young people have come to him and said, you know, that, you know, I, I appreciate what you're doing. And, mm-hmm. you know, they can see and they gives them a, a chance to um, uh, have some goals for themselves that maybe they might not have otherwise thought that they could attain, mm-hmm. you know, from watching the, the, the regular, you know, things. The kids have to deal with so much in the community. Whew. Yeah. You know, that I, I really don't know what kind of person I would be if I had to come up now. Right. You know, instead of the time that I came up in when there was a lot going on and, you know, mm-hmm. and we could uh, see good examples and we had people to look up to. Mm-hmm. We had, you know, businesses that we could, you know, go and support that we're black owned. Right. You know. Right. Right now, um, that's one thing that I do appreciate about Detroit Mm -hmm. is that there are more black owned businesses here than anywhere else that we've lived. Right. You know, and sometimes Mm -hmm. people say, oh, there's not that much going on. There are 30,000 registered black businesses in the city of Detroit. Yes. You know, I mean, that's not all brick and mortar. That's, you know, other people that have offices or whatever and Mm -hmm. work or work at home. Mm -hmm. But still, there's a lot of... um, a lot out there for, you know, people to, for the young people to look up to, but they have to be pointed in that direction. Right. Yeah. So, Steph, if you could do me a favor, if, would, could, could you share that statistic again? How many registered black-owned There's businesses in the city 30, of Detroit? 30,000, 30,000. And I knew, know this because when I was uh, uh, working in my studio at The Collective, mm-hmm. um, we had um, an educator, um, Carol Watson, that was a retired educator, and mm-hmm. she was getting disappointed with the fact that some of the black-owned businesses that she had been supporting for years were going under with the gentrification. Mm -hmm. And she was like, we need to be out there supporting the community's businesses so these people can maintain. Because new people are coming in, but they're not really our customer. Right. You know, so we have to support those businesses still. Mm -hmm. So she ended up uh, getting a group of us together, mm-hmm. and we were called Us to Detroit, mm-hmm. and we used to get tours together. I remember. Yeah, yeah. And we used to take people around every month. Once a month, we would go out, and we would pick a neighborhood, mm-hmm. and we would say, okay, well, today we're going to the Indian Village, and we're going to support yeah. all the black businesses in Indian Village. Mm-hmm. And so that's how I found out how many black-owned businesses there were, because we have a database of thousands of businesses. Mm-hmm. That maybe people don't pay attention to. Right. You know, it's not that they're not there, mm-hmm. but maybe they don't look up when they're driving by because it doesn't have all the bells and whistles mm-hmm. and the flashy lights or, you know, all the publicity that some other businesses can afford to, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. to um, put out there. But um, it was, it was we, we, we did it for... I think about maybe two, two years. years like yeah. Two years. Yeah. I and, followed and, uh, you guys. Yeah, so. every once a month. We had everybody... Al Jazeera sent a reporter to go on the bus with us. We were like, wow. <laughs> we were like, how do we show up on Al Jazeera's radar? Wow. I don't even know how that happened. Wow. You know, so mm-hmm. I mean, and the city sent their reporter with us for the first for the first six months or so. Mm-hmm. The, their reporter went with us for every stop that we went to. Wow. So you know, um, 
I think that there is a lot here. Detroit mm-hmm. has a lot more to offer, you know, mm-hmm. and there's, and there's, you know, I, I'm, I'm really kind of proud to be here with people who are like dedicated entrepreneurs who stick with it yeah. regardless, mm-hmm. you know, things are good, things are bad right. and they're still sticking with it mm-hmm. and they're still hanging in there mm-hmm. and, you know, doing everything that they can do. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So we're going to roll into the next question, Steph and Ty. Uh, how old were you when you fell in love with Detroit? That's a nod to the movie Brown Sugar. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would uh, I would say when I fell in love with Detroit was after I moved here. We've been here ten years. Mm-hmm. Although um, we have been selling in Detroit since 1992. Okay. So we were selling wholesale to stores here. Mm. So that's part, and that's also part of the reason why we came is because we knew we had a built-in customer base because we had been selling to. You know, Terry's Enchanted Garden when mm-hmm. they used to be in Living Noise mm-hmm. and Design Z Gallery yeah. and places like that used to buy from us and we they were selling our goods. So, mm-hmm. um, but you know, I I um I probably did, to be honest was really already feeling the love from Detroit once we when you know back then when we were selling wholesale. Okay, you know, and also because I was meeting a lot of artists, you know. Mm-hmm. Like Najma, that's over at the mm-hmm. Detroit Fiber Fiberworks. Works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So she would be creating her textiles, mm-hmm. and then she would send them to me in New York, and I would make stuff out of them and send it back to her. Wow. You know, so it was, it was, uh, you know, it was that kind of that kind of yeah, yeah synergy going on already. Okay. Yeah, so it was kind of like, uh, you know, this was kind of meant to be that we should end up here. <laughs> right. 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 Okay. And. And you, you, you know, you guys made the, the decision to, to move here. Did you fall in love with Detroit beforehand or after you got here? Yeah, actually, I I came to Detroit in '97. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, '97, '98, mm-hmm. and uh, I thought it was cool then. Mm-hmm. Um, to the point, you know, where I had Steph calling me, talking about when are you coming home. Okay. You know, because mm-hmm. I was like, uh, he was trying yeah, to stay. Detroit. <laughs> hey, I was digging the bottom. He came yeah. And the people. So, I, you know, I've been coming here since then. Mm-hmm. Um, so as we were living in, you know, because at that time we were living in Baltimore. You were living in Baltimore. So okay. as we were living in Baltimore, I was coming. Uh, when we moved to Philly, I was not coming as much. Mm-hmm. Um, then when we got to Chicago, I was coming a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, and then when we moved back to Baltimore, mm-hmm. I had started coming a little more again. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, you know, the, I had did like a couple trips here and, uh, thought, you know, thought about it, mm-hmm. living. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I ran in by Steph. Mm-hmm. Steph was like, okay. Because at the time, I was going to move to move her to Philly, and I was just going to come to Detroit and try it. Okay. And um, when I, you know, found a place here, mm-hmm. called her, let her know, you know, I got a place here. And then she's, well, you know, I'm going to go with you. So, we, you know, we got here like uh, 20 2010. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 2010. Okay. And, um, yeah, it was a really good, it was really a cool move. Okay. You know, like, no complaints. Yeah, we're, we are so happy to have you. You know, the culture, the keepers of the culture, the keepers of the style. 
Uh, that logo that you guys have for Stephen <laughs> Ty is just absolutely amazing. Oh, the new yeah. one. The new one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah Satoshi out of Tokyo. Wow. Yeah. That. And we met him uh, on Facebook. Really? We have never met him in person, ever. Yeah. Wow. You know, so he's he, we admired his work, his artwork, because mm-hmm. he had his Facebook, you know, all his images on his Facebook page. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I want to do one of you, too. And we were like, sure, <laughs> why not? <laughs> so we love it because he's, he's captured the city in the, in the logo. Yeah. You know, he's captured, you know, the vibe that we try. Yes. And he's made it look like a 70s movie poster, yes. which is like our age bracket. So, yes. hey, you yes. know. Yes, yes. <laughs> Yeah, he hit yeah. it out the park. He did. Mm-hmm. He did. Yeah. He did. Yeah. yeah. So we're going to take a quick break, you guys, uh, for our sponsors, and then we're going to come right back, and then I'm going to ask you my absolute favorite question. Okay? Okay. You have a brilliant mind. Projects, businesses, events, ideas that will make a positive impact on your specific audience, all while organically growing your brand. Knowing the importance of investing in your brand and being willing to do whatever it takes is empowering. And guess what? You don't have to do it alone. BW Creative Solutions is a boutique consulting company that specializes in customized marketing and branding. We offer creative marketing and branding with collaborative resources to bring your vision to life. Give us a call at 313-444-9385 and schedule your free 15-minute consultation. When your project shines, we smile. Okay, we're back, and you are listening to Community with your girl, Audra, and we talk about unique pathways and one common goal, and I have my sis, Steph, and my bro, Ty, of Steph and Ty, here with me today, and I'm trying not to fan out, because they are just so fly and so cool. (laughs) 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 Um, So this next question, you two, is what up, though? And so I'd like you guys to share what it is that you're working on. I'm super duper, duper, duper excited about your latest project. Uh, but, you know, either one of you guys step right in and, you know, tell tell the audience what you guys are working on. Oh, uh, well, we just released the uh, Stephen Time memoir uh, book, mm-hmm. uh, which is, um, it's you know, pretty much uh, our life story. It's 28 years of being in business and 27 years of being married, mm. um, you know, all of the things that we, you know, been through, mm-hmm. not all of the things, yeah. you know, but uh, the cities that we've lived in mm-hmm. and, um, you know, uh, some of the stuff we, you know, we've had to endure mm-hmm. and, you know, and, and keep enduring, mm-hmm. you know, uh, just uh, trying to keep it moving. Right. Uh, that's, you know, that's the latest thing. Mm-hmm. Um, there's about to be a couple more projects that, that we're working on, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, and that's actually been going pretty good. Uh, the the memoir, I mean, people who have really been uh, eating it up. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I had to give thanks to... The, the ghost writer of that, which mm-hmm. was Pamela Hillier Owens. Yes, from, from Big Sis, from Church. Yeah, yeah. yeah from uh, Y2. Mm-hmm. And then I also have to give thanks to Elizabeth Mays mm-hmm. over yeah. at Mays', Mays. Printing. Yeah. Um, because, you know, they, they really, really looked out for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, Mays, uh, you know, printing in terms of putting the book together. Mm-hmm. 
what they did in in the design phase mm-hmm. and the um, pictures and everything. Yeah. And then, you know, Pam did a really good job with the ghostwriting. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, it's a story, man, that, you know, needed to get out. Mm-hmm. Um, and it had been, you know, at me like, you know what, we need to do... Uh, you know, like a a story of us mm-hmm. because it is. I mean, when I look think about it, it it's it is a unique story. I mean, a uh, you know a, a couple of color, right? And uh, you know, and the, the husband is crazy because you know he think he can do it, everything mm. and he's doing it. <laughs> I mean, he said, "Hey, man, I want a skateboard. He got a skateboard in line. I'm doing it. I wanted a comic book of us." He, did a comic, got a comic book line done. I want action <laughs> figures, got action figures done. Wow. A cartoon. And, and you know, and it keeps coming mm-hmm. um, because, you know, my, my mom taught me one thing. Look, I don't care who's in the room. They are no better than you. Yeah. Keep, you know, mm-hmm. let's, let's get it in. Right. You know, so. Um, That's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. So you guys thought about the book for how long before you actually start put you know putting it together and working with Pam and all of that stuff. Uh, I had man, I had started that book uh, three years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, liter- no, yeah, a little over two mm-hmm. because there were two other um, authors that were supposed to do the book. Okay, and the book, um, you know. One author, you know, got everything down, you know, and just kind of disappeared on me. Yeah. Uh, second author, uh, she, you know, oh, I'm going to do it. And she did nothing. Mm-hmm. And so by the time I reached Pam, mm-hmm. I was like burnt out. Yeah. You know, it was like, man, I done been through two people and mm-hmm. all they doing is talking. Right. And that's the one thing I don't like to tolerate. A whole bunch of yada, yada, yada. Right. You know, let's, let's, by the time, you know, you talk to me mm-hmm. and you telling me I'm doing X, Y, Z, man, I'm on to five or six projects. Mm-hmm. So, you know, my mind never sleeps. Right. It's always thinking about what next can we do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm actually getting ready to work on another watch line, which we already have a watch line, but I'm about to do another character in the watch line. Okay. And we're trying to uh, do Mm -hmm. T-shirts with the Stephen Ty logo, a couple of new logos, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, just whatever I can think of Mm -hmm. uh, to brand. Mm -hmm. The company is, you know, what, what we're trying to do okay okay so you guys this this story you get you've been on your journey together as mates for 28 years 27 27 years well married 27 we've been together 28 well that's true yeah we were together for a year before we got married really Uh, so yeah 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 Yeah, i remember you remember So, 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 you know, I don't want to give away all the book or whatever, uh-huh. but in there, you you guys talk about how you met, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. He picked me up on the train. He picked you up on the train? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, we, actually, we were both living in, well, I was, we were living in the D.C. area, mm-hmm. and we both worked in Bethesda. Okay. He already had his own business. He had a shoe repair and shoe shine 
stand at the um, Bethesda Metro station. Wow. So, like, mm-hmm. people could come and leave their shoes mm-hmm. or whatever, whatever. And I was working for a spa because I had had my own business when I was in my 20s. But I had got burnt out. Mm-hmm. And I was, you know, because I had the two kids and I was raising the kids and running mm-hmm. the business and married to somebody who was not on that page at mm-hmm. all, you know. And so, it, you know, I had just, I was like, that's it. I'm giving it up. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm getting a real job. Like my mom always used to tell me, right. get a real job. <laughs> I'm giving in, mm-hmm. you know. And so I was working my real job down the street from his business. Mm-hmm. And so we used to see each other on the com- on the commuter train all the time. So, okay. Yeah. So he kept trying to talk to me, talk to me, talk to me until I finally, he wore me down. <laughs> <laughs> so how long from when he was trying to talk to you till you were worn down about what, what, Time frame is that? Oh well, over a few months, maybe yeah, yeah, a, few a few months. months. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And then we finally started. You know, I I finally gave gave him my number at work because I was like, you know, I got kids. I don't want this person showing up my house. I really don't know. Mm-hmm. You know. And so, um, and so we um ended up going to lunch together because mm-hmm. we were, you know, we worked right down the street from each other mm-hmm. and hanging out and having lunch, and mm-hmm. and then that led to dating, and then. That, <laughs> And then that led to getting married. So we were together for a year before we got yeah. before we ended up getting married. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. So the name of the book and how can people support you in purchasing uh the book, the Stephen Ty memoir? Oh, uh, the name the name of the book is uh Love Never Looks So Good. And uh, you can get the book. Actually, the there's a Kindle version now that mm-hmm. you can get from Amazon. Mm-hmm. And uh, we sell the book directly from the Stephen Ty store. Okay. So you can come to the store and get I mean, that way you can actually get it autographed. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're working right now on getting the the um, printed copy of the book mm-hmm. on Amazon, too. So it'll be on Amazon. Okay. It'll be uh, with Ingram Sparks, and with Ingram Sparks, the um, the libraries and the bookstores around the world can actually order the book. Mm. Uh, it's actually getting ready to go into some universities. Nice. So, um, but now, like I said, you can get it uh, from us directly from the store. Okay. Um, so, you, or even if you're not, you know, even if you're not local mm-hmm. and you can't come into the store, you yeah, can always you can reach us. out to us on social media mm-hmm. or call us. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're on Facebook. We have the Stephen Ty page on Facebook. We okay. have um, Instagram pages. I'm Steph mm-hmm. of Stephen Ty on Instagram, and he's Hat Guy Detroit on Instagram. Yeah. Okay. You know, so people can reach out to us that way too, and mm-hmm. you know, we'll ship because we've shipped out a lot of. We had like a, a, a pre a pre um, publishing promotion going on so some people ordered it in advance and so we've been shipping out a lot of books to yeah. people excellent you know? yeah. yeah excellent yeah because yeah, uh the first yeah it was like the first week we sold out nice yeah that's yeah, great so they're printing yeah. the next batch now they're working on the second batch yeah so. okay yeah so it's been going really well it's been good going really well yeah. and we need we need to hear the stories right we Fine. need to know uh that these type of stories exist that you know, you can you can do business and be in business with the person that you love, and you guys can take that journey together. So 
I am really excited, and I can't wait to pick up my copy. I'm going to come and get it in person because I want an autograph. I bought some with okay. me. Okay. Amen. <laughs> Amen. That's I walk good. around with them because people stop me yeah. like, you got that book? Okay. I'm like, uh, yeah. Okay. That's good so, stuff. That's yeah. good stuff. Yeah. And then, so, you know, the notoriety and how I met you guys is because of the incredible designs that you guys do, right? And so if you could tell the audience, you know, Steph and Ty, what 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 do you produce? Well, yeah, so I, like I said, I, I learned to sew early mm-hmm. from my great-grandmother, and then my dream was to uh, go into the industry in New York. Mm-hmm. And so I had gone through, uh, I, I'm from Annapolis, which is a very small town in Maryland. Okay. And... Um, uh, I had opened my own shop when I was in my twenties, and I was, but I was only doing like alterations and dressmaking, and I was doing fashion shows, trying to be fashion forward and be out there, and people were entertained, but they weren't buying mm-hmm. because it's, I mean, it's not like anything fashion is happening in Annapolis, so you know, I, I had kind of given up on that dream a little bit when I met Ty, and Ty kind of pushed me to go to to go back and say. Okay, well, you wanted to go to New York. Let's go to New York. Mm-hmm. We can do this. We can go to New York, you know, and we can work in the industry. So that's that's the reason I, I probably would not have gone to New York on my own, mm-hmm. you know, without him behind me to push me mm-hmm. to go. And so um, so I started off designing menswear in New York, nice. mainly because we moved into Brooklyn, into the cultural community, into Fort Greene, mm-hmm. at the time when Erica Badu was there, just coming to town, and mm-hmm. Spike Lee had his Spikes joint, and, and Carol's daughter was selling yeah. her product from her, you know, third floor walk up, mm-hmm. and, and all that sort of stuff. But and there was a lot of people doing women's clothes, but there wasn't anybody doing stuff for guys. Wow. So I said, well, rather than to compete with everybody else doing women's clothes, let's I'll do the menswear. Mm-hmm. And, and of course, I had a very willing model. Here. Right. <laughs> so I started doing that. And then um, in the process of being in New York, um, I decided to cut my hair and, and let it lock. And so I, you know, went back to my natural hair mm-hmm. and I let it lock. Now, after I locked my hair, I could not find a hat that would fit over my hair. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, because the hats you buy in the right. store are not really size for right. us. They're not. You know. Right. And we as black women have, you know, locks and wigs and yeah. weaves and, and big hair. And, and big hair and yeah. stuff, yeah. you know, going mm-hmm. on underneath all that. So so I started making hats for myself and hats for people I knew and then mm-hmm. hats then we started Tysha selling them on the street in Harlem. Mm. And we were paying our rent in New York off of hat sales. Really? Yeah. So, you know, it was like that was like the segue into becoming the hat lady. Mm-hmm. You know, I, w- I didn't start out with the intention of being a hat designer, mm-hmm. although I've always loved hats for years. You know, I used to collect vintage hats when I was in my 20s. Mm-hmm. But um, but this kind of like filled a niche, you right. know, because people were not making hats that would fit over natural hair. You know, people were getting into the natural hair movement and they mm-hmm. were like, we can't wear nothing. It's still, you know, just because right. you got a lot of hair don't mean your head ain't cold. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah. So, right. Yeah. so that's yeah. kind of become, that's kind of become the niche now. Okay. And because I um, work in mostly recycled textiles, mm-hmm. you know, at the time when we, when I started in New York, I was working mainly in mud cloth and yeah. burlap, mm-hmm. you know, because that was very trendy right mm-hmm. then. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I kind of went into, 
and and actually Detroit kind of helped me get into using recycled textiles mm-hmm. because when I moved here, there was not a whole lot of good fabric stores. Right. <laughs> <They had all laughs> on the East Coast, there's a bunch yeah, of places you can have- go. You can go to New York and shop. You can go to Philly and yeah. shop. Great fabrics here. Yeah. I was like, what happened? They there's all like clothes. Yeah. Nothing here. Yeah. So a friend of mine, uh, Barbara Winder, yes, mm-hmm. took me to Arts and Scraps for the first time. Mm-hmm. You know, she took me over to Arts and Scraps, and when we had got the day that I went, some decorator had donated huge boxes of those sample swatches. Wow! I lost my mind. <laughs> so, <laughs> I was like, "Oh my gosh!" She was like, "Yeah, you can fill up the grocery bag, and it's only eight dollars for the grocery bag." I was like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> So we were in there just like this, you know, like mm-hmm. going through all these fabrics and stuff. And um, and I was like, okay, so I'm going to make this work. You know, I mean, I know, you know, I only have like a small quantity of each particular fabric, but they're really nice quality. You know, decorators use stuff that's really good, mm-hmm. you know, and so you got good quality fabrics. Some of them still had the prices on them. Some of them, they were charging like $200 a yard for this wow. fabric. You wow. know, I wouldn't be able to go buy that right. to make you know, yardage of that to make stuff mm-hmm. to sell, mm-hmm. you know, but it might be enough to make a hat or a part of a hat mm-hmm. mixed with something else, you right. know. So that kind of became my signature. Mm-hmm. So that's that's what I do. I use recycled textiles. I use the decorator sample cups. I use jeans. I use coffee bags, which the guy at DeVries tells me I lost. He said, <laughs> what makes you think? Because I was buying a bunch of coffee bags from him one mm-hmm. day, and he was like, what makes you think people want to put coffee bags on their heads? And I was like, yeah, but they do. They do. But they do. Because it's fly. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and then he was like, can you make me some suspenders out of a coffee bag? (laughs) 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 So, you know, so I, you know, I've always felt like there's, you know, there's other uses for a lot of our our waste material anyway. Mm -hmm. I've always felt kind of strongly about that, Mm -hmm. you know, even from the beginning. I never really applied it as much to fabrics until... I got here, and I got put in the position of having to make it work. Right. You know, even though I wasn't, you know, that that wasn't maybe initially the plan. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So um, we're going to stick a pin in it right here. We're going to take a break for our sponsors. We're going to come back. I want you to give your information of how people can contact Steph and Ty, and then we're going to talk about spirituality, okay? Okay. Okay. Strategic Beautification. Strategic Beautification is a comprehensive consulting, design, and implementation service that begins with the basics. The basics are litter debris removal along commercial corridors. Services are then customized to accommodate the needs of the client. Our corporate culture is to leave people, places, and things better than we found them. We stand on old-fashioned values to lead us into a future that enriches our youth, the region, and the environment. That's Izzy Wisdom. Get involved today by calling 866-97-IZZY. That's 866-97-I-Z-Z-I-E. Or visit our website at www.izzyllc.com. Okay, we're back. You are listening to Community. This is your girl, Audra, and I have my bro, Ty, and I have my sis, Steph, of Steph and Ty here. 
And uh, Steph, if you could give uh, the information of how people can reach out to you, see some of your designs, um, and uh, make some purchases. Yeah, definitely. Um, we have a uh, brick-and-mortar retail store here in Detroit. We're located at 9425 John R. Street, and that's in North End, uh, right below Arden Park Boulevard. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're open Wednesday through Saturday mm-hmm. from 11 to 7. Mm-hmm. And uh, you could come by and see us there. We um, also have, we also sell online through social media. Okay. So we're on Facebook as Steph and Ty, it's S-T-E-F hyphen N hyphen T-Y. Mm-hmm. And we're on Instagram as Steph of Steph and Ty mm-hmm. and Hat Guy Detroit. Okay. So you can connect us on, with us on social media or you can, you know, come by the shop. Um we um oh, I lost my thought there for a second. No, that that's really the best ways to get okay. in touch with us. Okay. Yeah. And and audience, please check them out. You will not be disappointed. The flyest, most unique, beautiful, gorgeous items. Check them out. Steph and Ty. Oh well, thank you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and so in this part of the show, you know, I like to ask um, my guests, like, what does your spirituality look like these days? What, is, what does that look like? Um, I feel um, I was brought up in, in organized religion, mm-hmm. um, in a very strict organized religion. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I feel that uh, that probably has a lot to do with my uh, spirituality as an adult. However... I'm not associated with any church, mm-hmm. and I haven't been for a number of years mm-hmm. as an adult. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel that um, I think sometimes we get lost with the um, difference between spirituality and religion. Mm-hmm. You know, I think um, that your spirituality is your relationship with the Creator, your personal relationship with mm-hmm. the Creator, mm-hmm. you know, which does not depend on other people. Right. Okay. Right. <laughs> this is just between you and mm-hmm. him, mm-hmm. you know. And so um, sometimes I think people get too caught up in religion mm-hmm. and rules and practices and and things like that are based around the religion as opposed to their personal relationship with God, mm-hmm. you know. And so um, I have chosen not to be involved in an, any mm-hmm. particular church mm-hmm. or any particular organized religion. But I do feel strongly that my relationship with God has become increasing, incredibly closer. Yeah. You know, once I realized the importance of that and once I really tried to um, pursue that on my own. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ty, you want to chime in? You know, where, where are you at these days? Oh, I'm same place. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, I'm in the same place with Steph. Mm-hmm. You know, don't I mean I'm not with a church or an organization, mm-hmm. but you know, every day uh, I'm with the Creator. Yeah. You know, every day. Yeah. Yeah. So that's powerful. And I think once you start um, building that relationship, that personal relationship, you can you can really see how your life changes and mm-hmm. how your uh, you know how things you know. Uh, work out differently for you, mm-hmm. you know, when you're not restricted. Because sometimes religion can put so many restrictions on you mm-hmm. that you're not able to, you know, really see the bigger picture that right. the Creator has for you. Mm-hmm. Because the Creator puts things out there that will 
um, work for you or work against you, mm-hmm. and you can you can see the signs of what you know. As you get older, you can you can tell. Well, this is not going. I need to stay away from that one because that's not going to work. Or right. I need to go in this direction because this looks like what's going to be happening for me. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, if you get um, too religious, you can get clouded. You mm-hmm. know, uh, as to your sense of direction. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, um, you guys weren't around, but there was an iconic figure here in the city of Detroit. Her name was Martha Jean, the Queen Steinberg. She owned a radio station in the 60s, early 70s, um, well into uh, the 90s. She had the uh, Home of Love, uh, where she talked about the metaphysical, uh, before we even knew what the metaphysical was, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but she had a, a show, it was called Inspiration Time. Uh-huh. And I would run, at this time, uh, in elementary school, we got an opportunity to come home for lunch. So mm-hmm. I run home for lunch, and you come down the street, and basically everybody's listening to Martha Jean the Queen. She was a black woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so uh, in this time of the show, i just like to ask my guests, as we begin to fade out on the show, what inspires you guys to get up every day and do the good work? You know, as creatives... Uh, tie, you know, your, your, your mind is going all the time as far as creating, right? You know, you're coming up with these ideas. Where does your inspiration come from? Does it, does it come from each other? Um, you know, what, what is it? Well, I mean, I think for me, um, you know, it, it comes, yeah, it comes from a lot of different places. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely, I mean, you know, Steph, mm-hmm. I mean, that, you know, one hand, but then on the other hand, you know, the, the reality is, you know, the, the creator is giving all of us a gift. And if we're not using it, then what are we doing? It's, it's, it's like, um, you know, like a saying that I have now. If you give a man a hammer and he don't build shit with it, it ain't, it ain't on me. Right. If I give a man a hammer... And he doesn't build anything with it. Mm-hmm. It's not on me. Mm-hmm. So uh, a friend of mine, he's no longer with us, came up with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris Fields. Mm-hmm. And uh, actually, he gave us a shot in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I just, um, my reality is a, a, a lot, it's a lot different than a lot of people. Because I get up and I, I got to do something, man. <laughs> I it ain't. I don't have the luxury of sitting around and saying, "Well, I can." Oh well, maybe. Mm-hmm. No, that's bull. Right. And time passes you by. Yes. None of us has a bunch of time. Right. I was just saying that to a young man this morning. Mm-hmm. We ain't got a lot of time. I, you know, when people talk to me and I say, "Man, I ain't got a lot of time to get no nonsense." Right. I really don't. <laughs> You know how short this life is? Right. So you have to do something. Mm-hmm. And what is it that you want to do? Mm-hmm. What? Are, what? Are, no, not what is it that you want to do. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? What are you going to leave behind? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I got to get up moving. Yeah. And it's just like in Africa. Mm-hmm. You know, the lion gets up and says, hey, I got to outrun that gazelle today. Yeah. That gazelle gets up and says, I got to outrun that lion so I can live. Mm-hmm. So what are you going to be? The right. victim of the damn prey. Right. So that's where I'm at. Right. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I got I to get up and, and, and I ain't trying to be the victim. Right. So I got to outrun that you gazelle. Got, you got to outrun. Yes. You know, outrun. so and, and in that process, 
Hopefully. I mean, actually, I know because I'm seeing it more the older I get. These kids are catching on. they like, you know what, Mr. Ty, you doing such and such. I can do that, too. Mm-hmm. That's what it's about. Yeah. yeah. That's what it's about. Mm-hmm. You know, it ain't about the yada yada. Mm-hmm. It's about, you know, showing them a different path. Right. Because everybody ain't going to run up and down a, fo- a football field. Everybody ain't going to be a basketball player. Mm-hmm. But you can put your mind... And say, you know what? Let me try something new. Don't use the money thing as an excuse either. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, because I'm sick of that. Oh, mm-hmm. I ain't got no bread. I ain't got no bread either. Right. But it's getting done. Right. You know, so um, we just got to do it. I appreciate that. We I appreciate that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And stuff. And the creator, the creator's given, like you said, he's given us all a gift. So, yeah. you know, you have to figure out what it is that. You would do if you weren't making a dime. Yeah. That you would do just because you really love doing it. Mm-hmm. And that's usually what your gift is. Right. You know, and so I say, it. you know, most of the time it's not something, you know, once you figure out what your gift is, it's not anything you have control over. <laughs> you know? Right. <laughs> Sometimes you wish you had some control right. over it, right. you know? Right. But, you know, it's it's like you wake up in the morning and you, you know, you have this feeling that, okay, I got to do this and this and this. And, mm-hmm. and you, it's hard to stop it. It right. really is. It's, it's really hard to stop it. You mm-hmm. know, and believe me, there's been times when I'd be like dead tired mm-hmm. and I say, that's it. I ain't not making that one more hat mm-hmm. ever again. Mm-hmm. I quit. Mm-hmm. I'm going to Jamaica. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and that lasts for how long? And that stuff? lasts what? I'd say probably is two weeks is the longest I could go without yeah. actually sitting and making something. Mm-hmm. You know, and it does. You know, it, I mean, it, it just there's times when you do need that break. You yeah. know, when you need to get a break away from things. But for the most part. It, you know, you can't stop doing it. Right. You can't stop doing it. You know, I was raised by a woman who was in her 70s when she when I was born. Mm. She lived to be 97. Wow. You know, and she was sewing up until she actually physically could not get out the bed anymore to sew. Wow. You know what I'm wow. saying? She yes. was the seamstress for the neighborhood. People would come and everybody knew you because you were Miss Rosalie's daughter, mm-hmm. granddaughter. You know, mm-hmm. so they knew who you were because they needed something made. They need something fixed. Right. She had been doing this forever. Mm-hmm. You know, there was always sewing machines around. My job before I went to school was to thread needles for her so she could sew by hand. <laughs> you know, so, yeah. so, you know, this is, this is the example that I had, too. So right. it's like, you know, what you're going to do? This is what you're supposed to do. Right. It's in you your know? DNA. Yeah. You can't like, help yeah, it. You can't help it. Right. So, you know, sometimes you don't, you know, once you figure out what it is, mm-hmm. the inspiration will come. Yeah. You just have to not be scared. Mm-hmm. You know, that's I think that's the biggest thing that sometimes keeps people from following mm-hmm. their dream or their, you know, their, the, you know, using their gifts is they get, the, they let the fear. Overtake them. Yeah, overtake them. Yeah. You know, like you say, worrying about, am I going to make the money? Is this person going to like it? What mm-hmm. happens if somebody says no? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So people get, get traumatized by that because somebody will say no. Yes. There will be people that's not going to like your mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. And you will be broke at times. Yes. So, you know, but you could, that could happen doing something you hate. Right. You know. That's for sure. So you might as well do something, do something that you, you love. love yeah. You know. Yeah. yeah. That lights you up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that happens a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, but. You know, just yeah, you just gotta do it, you man. Gotta do it. You gotta, gotta do, it. do it. You gotta do it. You know, when I when people again, when they come and they talk to us and you know, and, and you know, with all of these I can't and I'm like, 
you know what? Here's a couple that has literally been in 50 publications around the world mm-hmm. in eight countries. Mm-hmm. That ain't nothing like. Right. I mean, it's, right. It, you know, but it, it, it wasn't a lot of money. It was just like, man, we, we fighting this. We fighting this together. Right. Together. And we're going to push it as yeah. far as we can push. And we're yeah. still pushing. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, you know, like I said, a few more projects mm-hmm. coming up. And uh, I'm, I, I'm, Putting, I'm putting the funk in the stank on this. Yeah, and, yeah. And, 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 you know, I yeah. mean, you know, the next go around will be the Stephen Ty stage play. Yeah. You know, and you know, it's a it's a great feeling, man, because you you with your best friend, and yeah. you know, you knocking on the door, you knocking, not even knocking on the doors anymore, knocking it out the park, like yeah, yeah we're here, yeah, and what, you know, yeah. and so. That's what it's about. Yeah, yeah. That's what it's about. I'm I'm getting ready to do something um that really feels good to me. Uh Common is getting ready to open up a charter school in Chicago. Ooh. So I am donating comic books to the kids and some of my artwork, my nice. my polls. Mm-hmm. And I, what feels good to me is that I have a comic book with black figures yes. in it. Yes. It's my shit. Yeah. Like Fayla said, my shit is the expensive shit. Yeah. My shit is what they want around the world. Right. And so that feels good because yeah. people told me, oh, that's not going to work. Mm-hmm. And I got with a guy, Paul Pate, my friend, mm-hmm. which is not a brother. Mm-hmm. And he did it. Yeah. He did it. Yeah. So don't tell me what is not going to work. Show me a way to make it work. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we don't talk enough about. Right. We always talk about what ain't going to work. Right. You know, right. well, okay, if it doesn't work, then you sh- you have a better plan. Mm-hmm. Show it to me. Right. I'm aboard. Right. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, nah, I was just talking. I know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ooh. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I love it. I love it. And I just want to thank the two of you. You guys are super busy. You got a lot going on. And to take the time to come out and be um, my first couple to come on the show. Oh, wow. Yeah, no, married couple. Uh, example of black love, example of black entrepreneurship, uh, culture creators and culture keepers. And I appreciate the work that you do and, and how you do it. And so I just oh, agape love to both of you. Oh, well, we yeah. love you too. Yeah. And we yeah. really you appreciate you yeah. even thinking to ask us because we're, you know, like I said, I've been, I've been keeping an eye on you for a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but so, I, I, yeah, so it's, it's been an honor. It's okay. been an honor to be here. Okay. Yep. Well, thank you so much. And so we are out for everyone. This is Community, and until next time, peace. Remember to like. Share, subscribe, and always listen on Stitcher, Google Play, Apple Store, and Spotify. You're listening to the Detroit is Different Podcast Network. Join us October 24th through October 27th at the Andy Arts, 3000 Finkel Avenue, Detroit, Michigan, at the inaugural Detroit is Different Festival. The collage of sound, sight, taste, feel, and scent of Detroit from all walks of life. Join Piper Carter. 
Frida Sampson, Unicorns Are Real, Josh Adams, The New Kids, Group Text, Jennifer Crawford, Care Michigan, Audra Carson, My Natural Hair, Cornbread and Caviar, Kari Frazier, Sterling Tolls, Bodie James, and more artists. The Detroit is Different Festival provides you the rare opportunity to witness, experience, and familiarize yourself with the diverse subcultures that make Detroit different. Experience this all for 50 bucks. Visit www.detroitisdifferent.com and get your tickets today.